my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! It's time for school, but you're not going to be saved by this bell. Established in 2016, Stride Pro Wrestling trainers have put their years of experience to help train the next generation of professional wrestlers. Nearly a dozen students have graduated and are now making a name for themselves not only here at Stride Pro Wrestling, but beyond. Our athletes aren't locked into any long-term contracts, so if you want to train, use your head and contact Stride Pro Wrestling today. It's training you'll flip for. So kick your future into high gear now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 337 of the My 123 Cents podcast. And, you know, I always try to have a plan at least a week or two ahead of time on what I'm going to do for each episode of the podcast because if I have to coordinate with someone else's schedule and make things work um, and you know honestly this past week and I I feel like I say this a lot lately and it's kind of a good thing in terms of my personal slash professional life but it's kind of a not good thing when it comes to the podcast because it was one of those weeks where things just escalated and got out of control in terms of being able to sit down and and coordinate and schedule um, and work on the My123Cents brand. And I know that's not exactly a good thing to to have in mind when it comes to building a brand because My123Cents is very important to me. And I'm going to talk more about that as, as, this, as this episode uh, progresses and, and kind of explain a little bit about what's going on and, and why this is another Confessions of an Indie Ring announcer. And that's kind of become my go-to fallback when I'm not able to coordinate and get things set up with a guest. And uh, I have every intention of resuming a regular guest and, and whatnot for the podcast. It's just this past week, again, was busy as hell at work and you know we had some stuff going on um you know I try to record on the weekends from time to time there was a stride pro wrestling show on Saturday night and and Tyler Heath Hatton who is usually my guest on the first Monday of each month um he wasn't even at the show he had uh, softball going on all day with his daughter um and so I knew scheduling wise on Saturday it was not going to work uh, to do a podcast and then Sunday uh, we were doing some family things and some things with friends and I know he had family things going on it's just a crazy weekend in terms of trying to to pin down and do a podcast my goal is my hope is that we are able to record something uh, this week this upcoming week 
um, and do a two is greater than one because there's some things I want to talk to him about with Stride Pro Wrestling. Uh, not only did we have the big May Day show on May 1st, but coming up on May 20th, we're heading to Pinckneyville. It's the first uh, show outside of the Stride Building since uh, October of last year when we were in DeCoin doing a fundraiser show. So the fundraiser shows are always a good time. They are fun events. Um, and this is a long time coming. Pinckneyville, Jerry Travelstead, always great host to us. Uh, so I am looking very forward to heading up to Pinckneyville. So check it out. Go to the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page if you live in the area. And go to our YouTube page if you don't live in the area and watch. Uh, hopefully by uh, the middle of this week, if not sooner, Mayday will be up on the Stride Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. And let us know what you think of the action. Let you know. Let us know, uh, you know, we work very hard to put together uh, Stride Pro Wrestling, and, and I, I know that uh, Tyler works tirelessly when it comes to putting together stories and matches, and, and that's what I love about Stride is the storytelling that goes on. It's not just, you know, it is good wrestling, it's great wrestling, it's not just contingent on that. It's that story that, in my opinion, is so important in the world of professional wrestling or any form of entertainment, really. But, you know, you hear that uh, drum beat on podcasts like 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff and, you know, Tony Schiavone, the, you know, Jim Ross, they always talk about the story and, and how that's just as important as the action in the ring. And that kind of brings me to this week's episode and the idea of doing it as a uh, confessions of an indie ring announcer because... On Friday, I got a call from Greg Mahachko, who is the founder of the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. I hadn't talked to him in a while, and he and his wife recently just uh, added a couple of new additions to their family. So they have been extremely busy, and they've been in my thoughts, and I know uh, that they are doing well, and I'm glad to hear that. But uh, as we chit-chatted a little bit, Greg was actually calling because he had a question for me. He wanted to know... What was the very first five-star match given by Dave Meltzer? I almost said Metzler as in honor of our friends, uh, the Skull Brothers, uh, Tom and Jason Skull. But Dave Meltzer, um, who is somewhat of a controversial figure, I guess. And really, I feel like since the rise of the Conrad podcast with Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff specifically, those two um, have no love lost for Mr. Meltzer. And uh, I'm kind of in the middle. You know, I, I understand uh, where both sides come from when it comes to to Dave. And I think that, um, you know, sometimes he gets a little bit too much into the, I think it's where fans and where readers value him. You know, do they read the Observer, the Wrestling Observer newsletter, because which has been around for almost 40 years. So, I mean, hats off to him for that in its own regard. Um, but, you know, is it, how much credence do we as fans give these kinds of things um, in terms of what we're reading, you know, are we reading it for entertainment value or are we reading it as legitimate news, air quotes for that, uh, because we are talking about an industry, uh, a profession that is predetermined. Um, so how much value do we put into what he's writing about it? 
you know, as fans, and I feel like, and Chad and I actually talked earlier today, you know, how much wrestling fans either want to be argumentative about wrestling, they want to, um, you know, shit all over something involved with wrestling, whether it's uh, the current product or it's it's something that has happened from the past. I, wrestling fans, and I, I maybe all fans of, or, or fanatics, if you will, get this way, but I, it really is disheartening seeing wrestling fans just kind of go on social media, and I, I think everybody has, you know, a, a, a set of balls the size of of bowling balls um, when they're online and they can kind of freely say whatever they want to say. Would they say these things to these men and women, to their faces? No. I I would say 99% of the people who talk a big game online would be uh, cowering in the corner uh, if confronted and and having to defend their ridiculous points of view uh, in a face-to-face conversation. That's a side tangent, um, but that's kind of where I, I am with with uh, with Meltzer in some cases. You know, I get that he is uh, printing a newsletter or, you know, was printing a newsletter, is now publishing a newsletter online, and, you know, you have to have stories, you have to have people reading, you have to have eyeballs on it, and, and that's how you make money, and that's how he's made his money, and that, my hat's off to him, because if I could have found a way years ago to make a sustainable living in the world of professional wrestling, I would have been doing it. Um, I think that the the point that some folks make with, with Meltzer is, you know, he takes unsubstantiated rumor and innuendo, as Conrad likes to call it, and runs with it and reports it. And then fans interpret that, or maybe it's because of the way it's written. And then they take that as being a fact. And then many years later, in some cases, now we're hearing on these podcasts, you know, Bruce Pritchard will debunk some of these things that have been reported as a quote unquote fact, or Eric Bischoff will, you know, pick apart and you know, some of it has been wrestling lore that I've believed for many, many years as well. And then it's like you hear the other side because, you know, wrestling companies, Vince McMahon or now Tony Khan, um, you know, back in the day, Eric Bischoff, Jim Hurd, Jim Crockett, none of those promoters, none of those owners owe us fans any explanation about what is happening in their company behind the scenes, uh, stories, the personal lives of their performers, it's none of our business. You know, I don't see other uh, genres, if you will, of entertainment, whether it's sports or whether it's, you know, movies, TV shows. Are we pining to know the inside scoop, the contract details, the contract status of certain actors or actresses. And I get it. You're not going to see Lisa Kudrow jump from Friends and go work on Everybody Loves Raymond, for example. And I know I just used two very dated references in that in that example. But, you know, that's what irritated me or irritates me about wrestling fans and, and wrestling in general is, you know, we get so involved in it and we get so wrapped up in it that sometimes we lose our, our common sense and our, our sense of decency in terms of the privacy and the, you know, fans that go and, and hang out at the airport and wait for wrestlers to come in and and then, you know, lamb blast them and, and ask for pictures or whatever the case may be. And I get it that, you know, 
you're a fan, but where do we draw the line as a fan versus, you know, invading someone's privacy? Inva- and I get they're public figures, but I don't think anybody signed up to be kind of stalked at the airport or stalked at the car rental place or, or wherever. And I'm, I'm kind of going on a side tangent. And I'll admit, I have, I have approached uh, wrestlers at the airport when I've been at the airport and we've, uh, had a conversation, you know, and, and you kind of, uh, you know, what do they call it? Um, uh, judge the room, you know, read the room before you go in and, and ask for the photo. Um, and, and I'm not saying, you know, you, some of these fans, you know, walk in and have the camera ready to go. And, and you can kind of see the look on the wrestlers faces as they're taking these pictures. They're like, I can't believe this is happening, but, I, I digress. And, you know, if you're one of those fans, I'm not necessarily picking on you. But also sometimes, you know, when I when I flew into Miami uh, many years ago for WrestleMania 28, I believe it was, um, I flew out of St. Louis, which Randy Orton and his wife at the time lived in St. Louis. And his wife and daughter were on my flight. I didn't know it at the time until we landed and we saw Randy Orton standing there waiting for his wife. And I had gotten off the plane before his family had. And fans were coming up to him and, and wanting to take pictures. And, and I heard him tell several people, listen, I'm here to pick up my wife and daughter. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in doing pictures or autographs right now. And that is a totally respectable thing. And, and people were kind of shit talking him for that. And I, I, I don't get that. You know, I feel like same thing with restaurants. If you walk into a restaurant and see a wrestler or any celebrity sitting there eating, you know, it's just common courtesy and common decency to, to let them be. But again, I'm digressing off of the original uh, plan to talk about, uh, Dave Meltzer and, and the observer and, and, you know, and and I guess I really have deviated from the original question. So let's answer Greg's question first. The very first, uh, at least according to Wikipedia here and, and Dave Meltzer's Wikipedia page, the first five-star match ever given was right not too long after the rating system started for Dave and, and his observer. Uh, it was an April 7th, 1982 match between Ric Flair and Hacksaw Butch Reed. It happened in uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida uh, at Miami Beach. And that was the first, and it was a whole nother year went by before another five-star match was given. And that was in April of 1983, a match between uh, Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So uh, those five-star matches in the early days, that was that was the very first one. And I, I'm surprised by that. I would not have expected that, but... Uh, it's very cool that Ric Flair and, and Butch Reed, the uh, late great Butch Reed, are part of that little trivia, if you will. And apparently, Dave's also given a seven-star match, which I don't know how you do that, but it's his system. It's, it's his way of doing things. That was Kenny Omega versus Okada uh, back in June of 2018. And there have been five, I'm sorry, there have been 182 matches that have received a five-star rating or higher. And uh, Misawa, by the way, has the most matches rated that way with 25. So, again, if you as a fan are watching or or reading and listening and observing Dave Meltzer or any of the quote-unquote dirt sheet writers, 
with a grain of salt and understanding that that is their opinion and it's not fact. You know, I don't let anybody's opinion, I try not to at least, let anyone's opinion influence how I'm going to consume something or how I'm going to like something. It's it's kind of like the, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert from back in the day. You know, when they gave, it always seemed like all the fun uh, you know, lighthearted movies, the goofy movies, the things that I liked to watch, um, you know, Siskel and Ebert always seem to not give it a favorable rating and, or a review. So do you, do you listen to that? Do you, do you take that, you know, to heart and, and let that influence and, and interrupt your enjoyment? I, you know, I try not to, and I encourage everyone to watch and, and, so Chad and I were joking around uh, earlier about Dave. I told him I was going to be talking about Dave, and and he said uh, maybe if Dave gave the wrestling or the uh, the Baby Oil Express, that's Tyler and I when we wrestled um, against the Sin City Saints, the uh, Jay Spade and Tony Flood for the Stride Pro Wrestling Tag Team Titles a couple years ago. If that match would have received a five star rating, maybe uh, uh, I, I'd be nicer to Dave. And and you know, it was a joke, obviously, but I, I would be curious to see what uh, you know, just to hear what you know, someone with that kind of clout and that kind of opinion. Uh, you know, I, I am curious to hear, and not that I would let it weigh me down or, or boost me up. And yeah, if he, if he had nice things to say, which that match was on my end horrendous. So I I wouldn't be looking for any sort of, um, you know, big pat on the back, but I I would be curious to hear uh, some of his thoughts on more independent shows. And obviously it's hard to review and and rate and, and watch all of the shows. And I know that between WWE and AEW and Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. I mean, there's a lot of wrestling to consume these days. So uh, I, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek say that. And I know that uh, Dave would not be reviewing any stride shows or any small independent wrestling shows, at least in anytime soon. But uh, I kind of digress there. But, you know, my one, two, three cents in its original incarnation more than 10 years ago when I started this uh, as a blog... My hope was that I would be able to get, and, and that's the thing is, you know, how do you get wrestling news? You have to be connected. And, and obviously, I've never really ha- had any kind of in or any kind of connection with getting those big headlines. And, and you know, 10 years later, I look at how that game is played, and, I, and I'm not a huge fan of it. I, you know, I see a lot of the negativity, uh, the, the clickbait headlines and whatnot. And now I think a lot of them just listen to the podcast and then just report on on what the podcasts are saying, which, yeah, I could sit around and do that all day. But, you know, who wants to read all that? Uh, apparently someone does because they keep writing and, and, and quote unquote reporting on this stuff. But, you know, my one, two, three cents, you know, the whole name concept is just a playoff of the, the phrase my two cents. And then you throw in the one, two, three as a as a wrestling Uh, vernacular. And that's, you know, the whole intention was to become more of an opinion-based thing. And and then I noticed that, you know, a lot of times my opinion was was negative. I was being snarky or, you know, I was saying things that I probably, that I definitely wouldn't have been saying to the faces of the people that I was writing about. And, and, you know, some of my early blogs were, and even some of the videos on the YouTube channel were a little... mm, less than nice. 
And, you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be nice or whatever, but I do think that, you know, I try to be more positive on the podcast and I try to be more positive on the blogs and, and the videos and, and whatnot than, than negative. And I, and I try to remember that because, you know, we're all human and we're all here to have fun and in wrestling entertain and, you know, not everybody's going to be uh, entertaining or not everybody's going to resonate. You know, there are guys that I watch on WWE or in AEW that I don't get, I don't like, I don't whatever, but I, you know, instead of going on and, and bashing them and, and, and crapping all over them, you know, I just, I understand that they appeal to someone. It's just not me. And, and so I move on. And, and that may be part of the reason why I don't blog as much because there was a while there that I was writing every day. Um, and, and producing some sort of content every day, which kind of as, as I, I start to wrap up this week's episode, uh, I, I want to talk for a second. And I really hope that anyone who is listening and who has supported this podcast, number one, thank you. But I would also love for you to weigh in on this. And I, and I posted something on it on Facebook the other day and really didn't get any reaction to it or response to it. So I'm really curious. curious I don't know why I was going to say curious. Um, I'm really curious to know as you're consuming content, wrestling related content, and I get, you know, the Conrads of the world and, and, you know, the former wrestlers and, and the agents and those podcasts obviously are going to be much more successful. This is a very small podcast. And, you know, I, I, I want to grow and, and develop and make this a better experience for everyone who's listening to it. And then, you know, from my end of it as, as putting it out, for consumers. Um, you know, I did wrestling under the influence as a podcast once a month. And then I broke away from that and started doing it as a weekly, uh, video on YouTube. And I'll be honest with you, the, the response to it on YouTube has been less than stellar. And I put, I put a lot of work into it in terms of the production of the video, uh, taking the time to make graphics and do a little bit of research and, and the editing and all that. Uh, so this past week I decided to do one on TikTok and, you know, TikTok has a, a whole different algorithm and different uh, views and whatnot. And it, it received, uh, you know, more views. Probably the one I put on TikTok has received more views than all of the, uh, wrestling under the influences put together on YouTube. And I don't do it just for views, obviously, but I also don't want to just do this and, and feel like I'm, I'm not getting anywhere because again, it's all about br- uh, growing the brand and, and making the brand better and whatnot. So I, I don't know if it's the concept of wrestling under the influence that isn't hitting with people and not resonating. Is it the format? Is it going to be a better 60 second or less video popping up on TikTok versus a three to four minute video on YouTube? I, I would really like to get some opinions. So just let me know, uh, you know, shoot me a message or, uh, whatever the case may be, whether it's, uh, through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, you know where to find me. I'm, uh, I'm all over those places and, uh, I would love to hear some feedback, you know, because again, it's been more than a decade and, and, and there's been growth, but it's been slow. And I, I, and I see the success and I know obviously, money and, and fame and, and some other things are going into the success of some of these other podcast channels and whatnot. But, um, just let me know what is, uh, what are your thoughts? What is your 
one, two, three cents on my one, two, three cents. Let me know. And uh, thank you again for being a part of the experience. And everyone have a great week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.